408 backers on nearly 3,800 pledged. Holy shit. Hey, Tim, Mike Shorten, Dungeon Master's Handbook. Hey, loved your uh, answer, but, and totally loved you talk about your D&D uh, campaign, but I actually was asking about your Kickstarter campaign, how you planned that out, or did you plan it out, you know, how far in advance did you plan your Kickstarter, did you kind of lay everything out, did you write out all that stuff, or, and stuff, I guess I mean all of the text and everything for, you know, hey, come buy this, this is what I'm doing, yada yada, because I'll tell you, and oh, like about shipping, you know, did you look into all the shipping and all that, and did you figure out how you're going to do that, did you figure out how you're going to bind the thing, you know, and I guess with you doing zines, you're kind of a little bit experienced with this already, but I'm wondering what you would suggest to somebody that, you know, has never done it before, but dude, loved hearing about your campaign, I could listen to that shit all day, Anyway, take care, buddy. Game on. Hey, everybody. This is Tim Shores of Gothard's Manor doing a drive home podcast. Yesterday, Tanker and I got uh, together and he did an interview with me for his fireside chat. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, time went by real quick and, uh, uh, you know, like it wasn't. It was a chat. It wasn't an interview. Just like me and him sitting around the table BSing about gaming stuff. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to it, it it's not too bad, I don't think. Uh, I uh, don't think I embarrassed myself too bad. So, yeah, head on over to Tankar's site if, you, you know, if you're interested in that. The voicemail from... Michael Shorten, Chicago Wiz. So apparently I misunderstood his question, which is not, well, it's just par for the course for me. So I'm going to go into my campaign a little bit of how I developed my Kickstarter, which will make this a very short podcast probably overall, but figure I'll answer as best as I can. First off, it's ZineQuest, and that's why I got into it. Uh, it's Kickstarter. I wanted to learn about Kickstarter. I kind of spoke about this before. And uh, since I do zines all the time for my Patreon, it uh, made sense that if I was going to do a Kickstarter, this was the time because it's something I'm already experienced in. It's something I'm uh, fairly decent at. And... Uh, just was really excited to do it. How much planning did I get, get into it? Well, actually, the interesting thing, Michael, is last year when ZineQuest came out, I, I wanted to get in. I so wanted to get into that one, the very first one. I was like, oh, my God. But stuff started happening, and I can't remember. Just life, I think, in general. And uh, time kind of came and went, and I never was able to get my shit together enough to even make an effort towards it so uh this year when it was announced or when i saw the announcements i think it was in jan or was it no it was in december so when i saw it in december i told ivy that in january i gotta dedicate nights and as much as i can to try to get as much of this done as i possibly can for this Kickstarter because I want to have as much of it written as I, as I possibly can because I wanted to go in with it with at least a framework and everything. Because I already had the solid I, my the idea that was solidified. I, I wanted uh, it was something I've been wanting to do for a while, 
So it was an easy choice. So I already had that figured out, uh, my content. Now, the stuff that I had to figure out, of course, was uh, the other stuff, the zine stuff I had. Uh, I had made a decision, though, I was going to print it myself, which I figured in a way was less risky. I don't know if it was or not. Uh, I've always done my zines myself, so I guess I, I continued to go with what was comfortable with me because going to a professional printer, one, I didn't know how much I was going to cost, and then whereas when I'm at home, I know exactly what's going into the cost of the zine, and that way I could price it appropriately. And Plus, if I went to a professional printer, I wasn't... I At the time, I have to admit, like I said, I, I didn't think... I would get that much. So I probably print like out maybe a hundred, 150 tops. So I didn't know what the price break would be. And, you know, the cost of each zine would probably triple what I have to do now, pay now for them. And, uh, well, probably even more than that, actually, because the printing, because like printing, me printing it at home is under a buck almost with all the materials. Uh, it's the shipping, you know, that costs a little bit more, but, uh, but that shipping and envelopes would be on top of the printing costs. So I would have pretty much, I would have, in my $8 zine would have probably turned into like a 10 or $12 zine have a, if I had to take it to a professional printer. I don't know. So I wasn't sure what the price break is or the prices and tell you the truth. I didn't, I didn't go check. Because I just figured with that quantity, I can just do this myself. I've got everything here. I've got my long arm stapler. I got all the paper. I've got the cardstock. I've got the ink. You know, I got the printer. And then I got a little elf that will help me name Ivy, that, you know, with, with all this stuff. Uh, so I didn't even consider it doing it any other way. Then, then we got into, you know, of course, the pledge point. And I kind of discussed this on Eric. I set it at 500 because I knew I could hit that. But on the outside, I wanted 1,000. So that was the big discussion between 1,500. But because I wanted to make sure I could follow through with the entire Kickstarter, I set it at 500. Uh, and I'll tell you a little, I'll tell you a reason why. And I don't, I can't remember if I shared this with you or not. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a few years ago. I thought I would make this special zine it was called uh what was it called one one prisoner one oh gosh i can't even remember my own shit guys that's fantastic it was one where it was like three of my uh micro adventures that were kind of combined together and i made the zine um one escape one no ah oh, i don't know it was like one this one prisoner one dead and it was about these three siblings that go, go on the Feyland. Well, I thought I would do a special and kind of do like a limited edition 50 of this zine. And I thought, oh, this would be cool. You know, I'll just do 50 of them and try to, you know, just get them sold out. I didn't, I couldn't sell them out, guys. I only have 50 of them. And I think I blew through like, I don't know if I blew through 40. Maybe I sold 40. But then that last 10, I couldn't sell them. Uh, so that always kind of weighed back on my mind. I mean, if I can't sell 40 of these, then how am I ever going to sell that many on Kickstarter? So that, that did 
you know, come into play, I, I, you know, without a doubt. Uh, but of course it doesn't have, but of course with Zine Quest and the excitement that goes behind being in a Kickstarter and all that stuff, you get a lot more way, you know, a lot more, uh, um, publicity, I guess is the best word for it. So that, that was the reason why I chose the 500 mark. Really? That was my, my past failure to sell 50, uh, made me, uh, you know, shoot low and, and it, and it, I'm, you know, and I'm completely okay with it. I do it again because it doesn't really matter if I shoot for 500 or 10,000. The thing is, I just want this thing to happen. Uh, it's not like I'm making any less money or more money. The cool thing is, is like the, the amount of money I can give Jim, the art guy is more. And that's what I really love. I mean, I, I can, I'm going to be able to pay him a little chunk of change that he's, you know, he's going to be real happy about. And I'm going to be real happy to pay him that because he's just been so supportive through the whole thing and fantastic to work with. Uh, and then the, then the price point for the, for the, the zine and the PDF, I kept on going back from a $5 PDF, four or $5 PDF or eight or 10 PDF. I always was going to do the, the PDF with the, the print. I know a lot of zine quests, charge more for the PDF print option. Eh, I'm just, I'd rather, I don't know to me. It's, I mean, I buy into them. I'll buy the PDF print option sometimes, but for me, I just like offering it with the print version because it, do, it doesn't cost me anything to, to, to send you or anything. And I figured if you, if you bought the print version, I, I always like that when, when people offer the, if you get the print version, they offer the PDF version. And the other thing I, the reason why I like doing that is because I'm, I'm probably going to put more of the content in the PDF. Here's why. Because uh, in the PDF one, I'm not limited by space. So I can put in the extra like maps, like the player maps or or whatever, if I add something in there, because I don't have any room in the physical version of it, but I don't have any limitations in the PDF, so I could add more stuff. And that way, if somebody wants to print out the uh, player's map, they could do that. And I can add that easily with PDF. So that, so that's another reason why. Because that way, the print guy has just as much material as the PDF guy, if that makes sense. But I talked to Ivy about it, and she was kind of going back and forth on it too. I think she was more hardline on the the eight and four, and I was definitely Mister, you know, International House of Waffles there because I was waffling back and forth. That was a horrible connection. Uh, but anyways, uh, then I just like you know that that's a fair point. That's a fair price. I'm printing them myself, and that. And because I knew, know the postage cost, and I, and I already addressed this because there's a shit show about the, the cost, like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I got it covered, you know, so, but, but that's something that if you're going to do this, guys, if you're ever thinking about, uh, doing a Kickstarter, postage has doomed more Kickstarters, I believe, than any other factor. Uh, it's real important. That's the one reason why I didn't offer stretch goals. Um, 
because it, I I do if I start because I'll do that I want and I and I admitted doing it I want to add you know I want to add some some more small micro adventure things to go with it that would be connected to what was going on but if I do that then the weight goes up and then the prices just skyrocket and then before you know it I'm going to end up being I'm going to pay more postage than I am going to be in the Kickstarter and you know. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Uh, next time I do it though, what I'll probably do, cause I didn't plan about it. Cause all I can kind of considered was the, um, zine itself. And I never considered Kickstarters and maybe next year if I do this or maybe, maybe just, further in this year, I might have come up with something where I could possibly do stretch goals. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's something I, I've been considering and, and whatnot because it's been a good learning experience. But you got to know your cost, guys. Because if you go to the professional printer, you're going to want to know because they always have break in prices. So if you get up to 100 zines, like a zine will cost you $2, let's say. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I'm not really sure what they were. Say, so if I go to my local printer shop, $2 a piece, uh, how much then, then if I get over, like say, let's say I get in the 101 to 250, all of a sudden my zine costs go from $2 down to a buck 75. doesn't seem like that, but when you multiply it by 200, 25 cents adds up pretty quick. And then if you jump up to the next level, it, it'll go down even further. So you got to look at those costs and and, uh, and the postage costs and then the envelope costs and just everything that goes around it. Because envelopes are fucking expensive. They just jumped up. It's like I bought these, I, I you know, I mail mine out all, all, all the time. And the same ones I've been buying for uh, the last year, year and a half, doubled in price and, and overnight. And it just sucks. I'm looking for alternatives to do that. And then I'm also looking to try to buy them in bigger bulks because I go through them pretty quick, too. And then as for planning the Kickstarter itself, uh, like how much work. I took all of January, and I even I even canceled games so I could write as much as I possibly could. I mean, there's only so much writing I can do before my brain fries. Well, my job takes so much out of me, and there were some nights when I got home and I had every intention of banging words out, and nothing happened. I just sat there and looked at the screen, and and uh, just there was I was my I didn't have anything left to give. I, there was nothing there, so I got as much as I I could done, especially for this time. And the way I do it, guys, I kind of tell you how I work. I work very modularly, module, modular, modularly. Yeah, there we go. Modularly. Where I take the different parts. I don't, I know what I want as a whole, but think of it as a, a, a puzzle. I gave this example to Eric last night off air. It's like some people can see the whole picture and then they divide it up into the puzzle pieces and, and that way they know, like, you know, Monster sections go here. This adventure goes here. My GM notes go here, blah, blah, blah. The way I do it is I make all the pieces first without any reference to the other ones. I have, I make, I make this adventure. I make that adventure. 
I put an explanation for this over here, a magic item over here, different things like that. And I make these little pieces. And then once all those pieces are done, then I connect them all. Then I take my, then I take my, my writing ability, which I, I guess, like into a needle and thread. And I start sewing those pieces together. Sometimes they don't fit perfectly, but I make them fit as best as I can. But as I'm doing that, because I made all these pieces, sometimes you can get them to overlap and you can have this depth with it. And all of a sudden things start connecting that maybe you didn't see before yet. Maybe you see a little bit of a theme or maybe this little clever turn of events. If I just twist this just a little bit, then all of a sudden this adventure over here becomes a lot more significant. And the players have this sense of discovery because they've went through one adventure and now it leads them to this next adventure. They have this knowledge and they have this, this uh, um, wisdom from going through the other thing that they can apply to this next adventure and just have those aha moments where now they're actually using, I mean, you know, a lot of OSR games are, you know, the players themselves, not so much the characters using that. And I, and I want them to have that discovery and use that wisdom for other stuff and have it all, you know, have it kind of connect together. So it, it makes sense at the same time. And, uh, if it, it gives the players like a, a, a sense of, of, uh, I don't know, satisfaction, a sense of, uh, like, that they've done something and you know, they, they have, maybe they solved something or helped something and it was because their actions and their way of figuring things out, it was accomplished. Uh, and what I was doing during this time is I was building all those pieces. I'm still building all those pieces. The, the, the zine isn't done yet. It is. I mean, I'll be honest with you, but I'm very, very confident in that it's, it's not going to take me that long because what'll, because I've already started firing stuff off to Joe to do the edits. I kind of, kind of had to explain to Joe though, because when Joe likes to edit, he likes to, you know, throw a lot of shit in there. It's like, we're, you know, we're, we're working with the zine, so our space is limited. So I kind of send him the, uh, a PDF of what I've laid out so far, because when I work with the zine, I'm doing the layout as I'm doing the writing too, at the same time, it's not the best practice, but it helps me realize how much space I have, you know, because those 24 pages, 28 pages, they go real freaking quick. And then, yeah, you, you know, you have to add the monster stat blocks. You have to add like maybe little um, uh, blocks for new magic items or notes of interest. And then you have to add uh, uh, artwork, I mean, to really br bring it home and and present it in a in an interesting way because you don't want to have your zine where all your artwork is in the upper right hand corner in the pages or you you know you don't want them all on the bottom and you you don't want them you don't want your artwork kind of crammed in the page where you got one piece of art on the inside uh of the page um, on the left-hand side and then have another piece of art on the inside of the left-hand page because then it's just crowded and it doesn't look right. And there's a little bit of an art to that, you know, to the, the, the layout and, and getting things to that look good and 
figure out how you want the artwork to blend with the text. Because, um, it, it, you know, there's times when you want that that square when you, you you want it framed out and want it you know don't touch me with your text and then you know I always love to have the uh, uh, the the text kind of move with the picture so if there's a curve there or a dip the, the words just sort of seem to hug along that picture and I, I you know it just uh, sometimes it just looks beautiful when it, when it's done correctly and just so artistic. Uh, but, you know, all those little nuances of it. And then what fonts you're going to use. Uh, make sure that you've got different fonts for headers than compared to the main text. And make sure the fucking fonts are legible. Don't go crazy with these crazy-ass fonts. Because for me, it's a per that's, that's one of my pet peeves. When people get these fucking fancy fonts that you can't read. They're all swirly-twirly or look like a freaking bush. And you're like... Like, what the hell is that? Is that an F or what, you know? Yeah, um, so make sure it's legible. and But make sure, like, that your fonts are, they go together, too. Because a lot of, I don't think some people think about that. When You know, just like colors. Some colors go together, depending on what you're looking for. I mean, if you want the, like, the real jarring juxtaposition, then, you, you know, you don't want them to match. You kind of want to have that glaring contrast. But... Like with me, I want to have very different fonts, but the fonts still need to complement each other. And, you know, that's not always the easiest thing to do. But uh, take your time and do it. And if you're not sure, ask other people how it looks or get someone to help you with layout. Maybe because uh, there's a lot of people who do that out there in the gaming and you know, if if you want opinions, there's no shortage of those, and most you know most of the time they're pretty good opinions. Uh God, I'm sorry, guys, I'm rambling on on this one, but uh, I hope I hope this is more what you were looking for, Michael. <laughs> you asked for it, uh, and then the uh, other thing is when you're when you're doing your card stock, uh, I would suggest. 67 pounds, that seems to be the lowest cardstock. But you got to watch once you get higher because there's, there's, because the cardstock goes up. I mean, you can get an 80 pound cardstock, you can get a 120 pound cardstock, and then pretty much above that, it's just cardboard. You know, you just got like a frick, freaking back thing and everything. But, but it, but it can really bring out a night, the feel of those things can be very different and the look of them can be very different. But it also, you have to take the weight in consideration. My suggestion is when you do your zines, print one out, use exactly the materials that you're going to use, put it in an envelope, and put it on a scale. See how much that's going to weigh. And then you go down to the post office, and you make sure that that's exactly what you think it is. So that way, when you're bringing 100 of them in there, or whatever the number is, all of a sudden, your heavier hard cardstock just was enough weight to knock that thing up from 1.9 ounces to 2 ounces because that is a price difference. And it's a big difference, especially when you're talking about, you know, a bigger number in a Kickstarter. If you're just doing a handful like I do most things, if it bumps up, I got to pay a little bit more. Eh, okay, I'll do that, you know. But I still eat, I still measure or weigh mine. I make sure it's really important to do that. Um, and then, 
the artwork like I was talking about. Just just make sure. Uh, <laughs> make sure it's consistent. I've said this before because I, I see people who just sort of throw things in there. You need a wolf. I'll go find public domain wolf stuff here. Oh, I need a mushroom and do this mushroom. But like their styles don't jive and it's just, they don't look good together. And it's, it's not a cohesive look. It, it makes it look amorish, amateurish. And I'm not saying mine are like top of the line. You know, I'll have to say professional because I get fucking paid. So that is some, you know, that's the definition of being a professional. But, um, I try to make mine kind of cohesive and they look good together. And even when I'm using multiple artists, sometimes what I'll do, like in my manners, I'll just have one artist for like maybe the, uh, 12 mirrors of horribleness. And then if I go into the tour, like, you know, OSR torch bears, which is a whole different article, I might have somebody else do that, that artwork. Uh, and that way the artwork is consistent within the article. It doesn't have to be through the zine. But in this case, with a Kickstarter, with it being pretty much the whole thing, I just wanted one artist through the entire zine, if that makes sense. Uh, let's see. And I, and I guess the, the things that I didn't account for though is how much time dealing with social media and promoting the Kickstarter was going to take. I don't know why. Because it's kind of an obvious thing, uh, but it is. It, it takes time, and and uh, like when I go home and I intend to write, then there's like emails I address, questions I address, because uh, people are going to ask you questions. You're going to get people to help want to cross promote with you, so you're going to have to take time and do that and do it. I mean, if somebody asks you to cross promote, oh man, do it, do it. Yeah, I had uh, John Four contact me last night or yesterday, and he was going to. Um, uh, do some cross promotion for me. So that, I mean, and he's, you know, he's been around like me for a long time, but he's got a hell of a bigger reach than I, I do. So, um, that'll, that's great that he offered that. Uh, and, um, I guess that's it. I mean, learn Kickstarter, do, do some reading. I did a little bit of research, you know, I didn't know Kickstarter took out percentage is shipping. I didn't know shipping was part of the pledge. You know, when so, someone's pledging from America for $10 or $8, well, they're adding the $2 shipping in there. So the pledge that you see is actually $10. But the thing is, it's not really going to be $10 because after that $10 is gone or, you know, fulfilled, Kickstarter takes a dollar out of there. So that's why I think they did it. So they could get a cut of the shipping too, fuckers. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, oh man, yeah, they're dipping into that. So, so, okay. So my $10 goes to uh, $9 because Kickstarter takes their cut. And then say I'm doing the shipping in the United States. So after I do the, sh do the shipping and everything, um, it's, I think in, in, um, America, it's going to be like, what did I say? A dollar, about a dollar. We'll just say a dollar. So now that thing goes down to $8. Okay. That, that I got from that pledge dollar. Then I have to put 25% of that into, um, like an account to pay for taxes later on. Uh, so then 
I'm just going to say 25% of that $8. So two more dollars. Now I'm down to $6 of that pledge. And then I got to pay my art guys or art guy, Jim. And then I got to pay my editing guy. So we're going to say that's another, probably another dollar, dollar and a half out of there. So that's $6 now is down around $5 or $4.50. So out of that $10 pledge, I'll be able to keep, I'm guessing around $4, maybe $4.50 at most. So, yeah, so it's less than half. Uh, that's what I'm guesstimating anyway. So, but, uh, all right, guys, God, it's 27 minutes in. Um, I hope this was helpful. Uh, I don't think I have anything more to add because uh, I haven't done the fulfillment part of it yet. I've got a lot of zines coming, you know, I'm going to have to make them over three. Most zines I've ever going to have to make. Uh, so, I mean, I'm used to making anywhere from 50 to 100 during a, a month, but uh, not 300. But I'll, 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 I'll divide, you know, get it, get it divided up. And like I said, Ivy's going to be helping me because it's actually making a zine is a lot less uh, labor intensive than doing my laminates. My laminates take a lot more time. Because you're talking about getting the cardstock, printing it out on both sides. And sometimes I have to do one side on each because of the way my printer works. Sometimes it, it fights with the cardstock. And then you, you know, do the laminates. You, you put the laminate around them, which takes some time. Then you have to heat them, you know, put them through the laminator. And then you have to trim them and then you have to cut them. So with a zine, I just have to print them and then stack them up and staple them. And that's it. So it's a lot less intensive. I mean, I have to fold the zine and then squish them so they're nice and good and flat. But that's it's just a lot less intensive with the zines than the other stuff. So I'm not not too worried about that. Actually, I'm looking forward to it and uh, doing that. It's kind of we'll just Ivy and I'll probably just take a weekend. We'll crank up some tunes, jam out to probably some hair metal '80s, and uh, zine away. You know. All right, guys, I got to go get some uh, supper, man. Been doing this too long, getting lightheaded. <laughs> All right, so take care. Roll better than me. We'll talk soon. Oh, and it wouldn't be a show without a weird voicemail from Joe. Yo, man, dude, I love the idea about Kojak cards. That's awesome. Fucking awesome. Um, he is a badass. He deserves to be immortalized in a card, permanently laminated and hung on everybody's fucking fridge. So that's great. There may be, of course, some intellectual property and royalty rights, but we can work that out in terms of gold, magic, and XP. So, you know, it's all good. We'll talk. We'll talk. Later.